Well, a big thanks to our team for, for leading us this morning. Question, what are you expecting this Christmas? In fact, you could, you could look in your uh, program. There's a sheet of paper in there. The back of it's blank, and maybe uh, you could draw what you are expecting this Christmas if, you, you know, if you're a doodler. Um, maybe, maybe there's a distinct package under the tree, and you think, oh, I bet I know what that is. You have big expectations there. Or, or maybe some of you are expecting a, a call or a visit from, uh, from someone in your family or a friend you haven't seen in a while. Others of us are expecting a, a special meal or a particular dessert that's maybe served every Christmas. But, uh, but whatever the case, I'd like to think this morning about what you are expecting. And I'd like to tell a true story about... Um, a couple who were expecting something completely outrageous uh, at Christmas. Their names are Zach and Liz. Well, they're ordinary kids. They both came from really religious families. And, uh, but a lot of the kids they grew up with uh, walked away from the faith. Uh, the, just the pressure was too much in that culture to carry on. Other kids they grew up with stayed with the faith, but it became a really mechanical um, a rigid, ritualistic faith that had no soul in it, no heart. They didn't expect an encounter with God. They just went through the motions. But not Zach and Liz. They, they truly believed. They didn't fall away from the faith. It wasn't a mechanical, empty faith. They really believed that God was real and he was doing something. Well, years went by and uh, Zach and Liz got married. And uh, Zach became a minister more years went by, and the disappointment set in that uh, they were not able to have kids. And this kind of haunted uh, Elizabeth and Zachariah over the years. But they kept uh, believing. They kept hoping. They kept waiting for God to show up. Uh, more years passed, and Zach and Liz grew older together. There they are. The childlessness, it left a hole in Liz's heart, but they never lost faith in God. They kept expecting that God would show up, that God would do something, and they kept believing, not just that God would do something in the barren womb, but that God would do something in the barren world, a world that was spiritually empty and void of faith. And so they kept praying, they kept waiting They kept expecting, and they kept watching. And then like the first signs of spring after a really long winter, or the first signs of dawn after a really long night, God showed up and did something truly amazing. Hope was stirred once again. God was about to do something really incredible in the world, and Zach and Liz got front row seats to the whole drama. And I think a big reason why Zach and Liz got to be up front and close and experience the encounter with God is because they were expecting it. And I think a truth that we just want to ponder this morning is that God encounters those who are expecting him. Are you expecting him this Christmas? Maybe you have little confidence that God is real. Or maybe you think he's real, but you have little confidence that he's, he's doing anything in the world. 
Or maybe you've had a, a habit of going through the motions of religiousness in your life, but you really doubt that God's going to show up and really encounter you in tangible, real, meaningful ways. Well, the story of Zach and Liz illustrates that God is real. He's at work, and he encounters those who are expecting him. And so this morning, we're going to get uh, not the Christmas story, but the Christmas prequel. This is the story before the story, because I know films these days, they always like to release the prequel. Uh, This is it, the story of Zechariah and Elizabeth. And if you want to follow along, it's in Luke chapter 1. And uh, in those black Bibles in the pew in front of you, it's on page 855. And the story starts off like this in verse 5. It says, In the days of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zach, or Zechariah, of the division of Abijah, and he had a wife from the daughters of Aaron, and her name was Elizabeth. And they were both righteous before God. They walked blamelessly in all the commandments and statutes of the Lord, but they had no child because Elizabeth was barren. And both were advanced in years. That's just a nice way of saying they were really old. But this couple, you see, they were living like God was still real and God still existed and God was still doing something. It says they were were carefully following his commands and, and doing their very best. They were waiting for God to show up and he did. Verse 8. Now, while he was serving as the priest, this is Zechariah, before God, when his division was on duty, according to the custom of the priesthood, he was chosen by lot to enter the temple of the Lord and to burn the incense. And the whole multitude of the people were praying outside at the hour of the incense. And so he's in the temple in the very sacred place. No one else can go in there. All the crowd is waiting outside. What's going to happen? Verse 11, and there appeared to him an angel of the Lord, standing right on the side of the altar of incense. And Zacharias was troubled when he saw him, and fear fell upon him. But the angel said, uh, Don't be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer has been heard. And your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son, and you will call him John. So after all this waiting, all this hoping, all this praying, God shows up in a really dramatic way by sending an angel to appear right before Zechariah as, as he is doing his offerings in the, in the holy place. And Zechariah did what we would all do. He freaked out. He was filled with fear. He didn't know, you know how to respond to this outrageous thing. And uh, the angel said, you know, relax. I bring you really great news. The incredible news that Zach and Liz would have a child and they would name that child John. And the angel said some really special things about what little Johnny would become as he grew up. Verse 14. And you will have joy and you'll have gladness and many people will rejoice at the birth for he will be great before the Lord and he will be filled with the Holy Spirit and he will turn the hearts of the children, he will turn the children of Israel to the Lord their God and he will go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of fathers to children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just and to make ready for the Lord a people prepared. So the angel said some really special things about this baby that would be born, John. John would be really great in God's eyes. He, he would start a spiritual revival. Um, he'd be a spiritual man. He would be used by God to bring reconciliation of families that had been broken up. 
But he also said that this little guy would prepare the way for the Lord. He would set the stage for the true king of kings who was to come. It's the prequel to the story of all stories that we celebrate on Christmas. The angel basically said, your son will prepare the way for Jesus. The long winter was coming to an end. Aslan is on the move, so to speak. God is at work. And Zach and Liz got front row seats because they were expecting him to do something. We meet some of the characters. We'll finish the story of of Zach and Liz. And I just imagine Zach coming back from the temple and explaining this uh, to his wife. Um, Guess what? You're going to become a mom. Um, Actually, the Lord had made him uh, mute so he couldn't have that conversation, but I'm sure he he signed it because I'm just not sure how that would have gone. Um, But here's the rest of the story. They did conceive, as the angel had said, and, uh, and little Johnny was born. The next character we meet in the story uh, is Mary, the familiar character of the, the Christmas narrative. The angel appeared to marry this young, unmarried relative of Elizabeth. And, uh, and here's part of that, that encounter in verse 30 of chapter 1 still. The angel said to Mary, uh, Don't be afraid, Mary. Because people freak out when they see angels. So the angel says, don't be afraid, because you have found favor with God. And behold, you'll conceive in your womb and bear a son, and you'll call his name Jesus. And he will be great, and he'll be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever in his kingdom. There will be no end. See, Jesus the true Son of God, and the true rightful King of all kings was to be born to Mary. The angel gave this news, and it happened just, again, like the angel said. But it happened in an obscure place. This one small child born in a feeding trough outside of town, in an obscure village, Bethlehem, it's several miles outside of the big city of Jerusalem, the baby was born. The politicians missed it. The celebrities missed it. The ritualistic religious leaders, they missed it. The paparazzi missed it. Everybody missed it. Instead, it was announced to some shepherds. They were just out, mind their own business at night, taking care of sheep. And the angel announced to them, saying, For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior is born. The Savior who is the Christ, the anointed one of the Lord. So that's the next characters we meet is the shepherds. And then after that, the next, uh, the next person that we meet is, is Simeon. Uh, they take baby Jesus to the temple and there's this, this older man there. He'd been waiting all his life to meet the coming one, the Messiah. He waited and waited and waited for the hope of Israel. And he got to encounter God. Baby in baby form there in the temple. And he was ecstatic. And he held the baby, Jesus, in his arms. And he, and he prays and says to God, he's like, now I can... Go to heaven in peace because I've held the Messiah in my, in my arms. He had 
a God encounter that he was waiting so long for. The last group we meet is these, these magi, these, these kings, these dignitaries, um, astronomers, so to speak, from, from the east. Don't these guys look like they could be astronomers from the east? Um, and, and they showed up and they, they worshipped uh, the baby Jesus there. They found the child, they beheld him, they gave him gifts, and they worshipped him. So here we have all the, the encounters of baby Jesus that are recorded uh, in, the, in the scriptures. And I was thinking about these, of what do they have in common? Because I think most of us would really love to encounter God in a meaningful way, in a way that, um, that we sense, and we sense the significance of it, and we see him at work in us. And so um, I thought there's, there's two themes in all of these stories. If you want to encounter God, first, Recognize the significance of who Jesus is. And as you trace through these stories in the, in the book of Luke, especially his account of these things, uh, this thread goes all the way through. Zechariah, he recognized that Jesus is the Savior and the promised King. And he says this prophetic, um, this prayer, this utterance over, over um, the, the coming of Jesus, recognizing that he's the Savior and he's the coming King. Mary, when she uh, was with child and the angel had spoken to her, she recognized that the one who would come, that she would bear, was the Savior and the promised king. The shepherds, well, they didn't recognize a whole lot, but uh, the angel just told them that Jesus is the Savior and he's the promised king. The Magi or well, Simeon, he had been waiting his whole life for the Savior and the promised king. And then the Magi, these astronomer kings from the east, they came looking for the promised king. So if you want to experience a real relationship with God, to feel his comfort, to experience his guidance, to experience his help, then recognize him as Savior and king. Not, not just a great guy, not just a nostalgic symbol of Christmas, but but our rescuer and our master, the king of kings. Well, here's the other thing I noticed about all these stories, is that if you want to encounter God, then expect that God is at work. Look for him. Anticipate him. Why did these characters encounter God when so many others missed it? They were watching. They were believing. They were expecting. They were looking for God to show up. They were looking kind of in different ways, and I love to just... um, just mention those. Uh, Zach and Liz, they were expecting God to work in their circumstances. See, they had a real disappointment in life, uh, unable to have kids. And uh, I think especially in that culture, the weight of the, the, the stigma of that was, was difficult. Inheritance issues and, and all these things. Um, but in the middle of those circumstances, they kept looking for God to do something. They kept praying. <laughs> They kept hoping, they kept believing, they kept doing what's right. They were anticipating that God was at work in the experiences, the circumstances of their life. And that makes me think that we need to all just look at the things that go on in life and say, huh, what is God up to? Why do these crazy things happen? Why do these good things happen? Why do these hard things happen? God is up to something. And we have that mindset, like Zach and Liz, we're bound to see God at work. How about 
Mary, um, she was expecting God to keep his word. <laughs> the angel said, you're going to have a baby. He'll be Jesus. He'll be the Savior. And she believed and trusted in the word of God. Uh, verse 38 of chapter 1, Luke says, Mary said, behold, I'm the servant of the Lord. In other words, God, do whatever you like. And let it be to me according to your word. Whatever your word says, that's, that's what I want. Look intently at what God says, believe it, and stake your life on that. Well, well, how about Simeon? I think he teaches us that expect that God is at work even when he seems silent. He lived his whole life until the end without really seeing uh, the promised one come, without really having his, his hopes fulfilled. But he kept believing, he kept hoping, he kept waiting, he kept watching, and lo and behold, he got to hold the Savior of the world, in his arms. The scripture says he was a devout man waiting his whole life for the consolation of Israel. Maybe you uh, gave God a try. <laughs> Maybe you went down that road a little bit and you're like, this just isn't really working. I don't really sense a difference. But Simeon teaches us, hang on. <laughs> Hope in God even when he seems silent. When we don't see something dramatic happening, just hope and expect and wait on the Lord. The Magi, the kings from the east, they were expecting God to be at work in creation. They looked up at the, st- at the sky, at the stars, and they assumed that these are not just random spinnings of things, but this is God speaking. God is saying something in Creation. There's a couple or several places in Scripture that refer to this. One is in the book of Psalms in 19. It simply says, The heavens, or you know, the, the celestial bodies, declare the glory of God. They tell us some things about God. And then in the book of Romans, first chapter, it says, Ever since the world was created, people have seen the earth and the sky, and through everything God made, they can clearly see his invisible qualities. For example, his eternal power. And his divine nature. So there's things when we look at nature, we look at creation, we can ascertain about God. Like, oh, he's, he's powerful, he's, he's divine, he's creative. We need to take a deep look at the sky and the plants and the ocean and each other and ponder, wow, there's more than just molecules and energy at work there. There's purpose, there's design, there's the fingerprint of God on creation. And uh, that's what these, these magi uh, assumed was taking place. Expect that God is at work, that he is doing something. Why did Zach and Liz encounter God? Well, because they were watching and believing and expecting. Why did Mary encounter God? She was watching and believing and expecting. How about Simeon? Why did he encounter God? Well, he was watching, believing, and expecting. How about the Magi? They encountered God because they were watching, and they were believing, and they were expecting. Why did the shepherds encounter God? Well, I think just for fun, because they were just watching sheep. They had no idea what was about to take place. Or more likely, Godress is saying, I'm not just coming for the dignitaries or the religious people. I'm coming for people in obscurity 
And uh, I've come for, for everyone. Because Jesus himself, he was born in obscurity, wasn't he? He was born outside of town, a little, a little village, one small child. But he's what we all desperately need. Thinking over the years, uh, I can remember some of the gifts that I've received. And one really interesting one, I, I'm just guessing I was about third grade. Um, my dad built my brother and I uh, these workbenches that looked like his workbench, but only uh, to scale for someone our size. And uh, we used those workbenches for a lot of years, a lot of uh, chemistry projects, a lot of crafts, a lot of building weapons of minor destruction, of disassembling things, assembling things. A lot happened on those workbenches over a lot of years. Really ended up being a super cool gift. But the question is, how do you hide a gift that's the size of a washing machine? So my parents uh, did this. They just set it next to the tree and put some other gifts on it. And we celebrated Christmas at my grandparents' house, and there was cousins there, a lot of people, a lot of gifts, a lot of chaos. And uh, I, I don't think my brother either, but I did not notice that massive gift sitting right next to the tree. Literally, one workbench on each side of the tree, like the size of a washing machine, with some decorations and things strewn about, but not really hidden. And I completely did not see the workbench. And uh, until we start actually, you know, passing out gifts, and it's like, oh, oh my goodness, what is this? Um, and yet it was probably one of the more significant gifts I, I got uh, at that stage of life. I totally missed it because I was not expecting it. I was not looking for it. I was not paying attention. And so I just want to say to all of us, don't miss the greatest gift ever, Jesus, because you're just not looking for it. You're not expecting him to be doing something and be, you know, even real and be uh, alive and well in the world, the greatest gift ever. God loves you and wants you to know him and wants you to experience him and don't miss it. Here's Christmas tip. Assume that God is real and at work and you'll find that he is. This was a story about expecting you Zach and Liz they were expecting a child in their old age against all odds Mary was expecting a child in her young age against all possibility all of them along with Simeon and the Magi they were expecting to encounter the Savior and the true King of Kings and so I ask again what are you expecting this Christmas I hope it's respecting Jesus to show up because he's the reason we celebrate. Uh, let me give thanks and prayer for him right now. Lord God, thank you for Christmas, all that it represents of the coming of God to man for our sakes. And uh, Lord, 